0: birds, patient and public engagement, podcasts. Welcome back to this information series on sluriderma. I'm going to pick up the conversation again with Dr. John Pauling, talking about support teams and resources, and talk a little about what's going on in the world of research relating to these conditions. Talking about support teams, Outside of a clinic appointment, we mentioned um, S.I.U.K. is a really good resource for for learning about the condition. But direct from the from the kind
1: of like clinic,
0: are there things like support from advice lines or nurse specialists?
1: Yes. So all the major UK scleroderma centres have nurse specialists with expertise in the management of and investigation of patients with Raynaud's and systemic sclerosis. Uh, so we have uh, two connective tissue disease nurse specialists, uh, Sarah and Jalia. And Sarah uh, undertakes most of the work in the uh, scleroderma program. Mm. Uh, we have physiotherapist Jade Skates who looks after a lot of our scleroderma patients. Um, Sandy Durnham does a lot of our occupational therapy work. Uh, julia franks does of our dietitian work so we have individual members of the team who support different aspects of the scleroderma management and within the respiratory team here in bath we have a major interest in pulmonary hypertension and so there are research nurses and specialist nurses within the pulmonary hypertension team uh, and administrators who help to maintain the an, you know, an excellent pulmonary hypertension service for our patients with scleroderma who who, who developed that particular complication so yeah so no so the broader team is absolutely essential and it is important that people ask and see what's available and that's something that we you know we, we try and make sure the patients who need input from other experts uh, can get that
0: and we're talking largely from a perspective of the RNHRD in Bath and it might be that someone's listening to this who's in a different area but hopefully what we're doing is we're helping to prompt them to ask those questions if they've not heard of these services that might be available to them to see if they're available in their area aren't we
1: that's right Mm. and and if you look at a map of the uk there are scleroderma services quite broadly placed geographically across the uk so most people live you know within uh, 50 to 100 miles of a center with a particular interest in systemic sclerosis Mm. and whilst you know we have a you know i have a particular interest in systemic sclerosis i find myself referring patients with other autoimmune rheumatic diseases uh such as beche's up to beche centers in birmingham and london and Mm. so so rheumatologists are very comfortable working at a shared capacity for many of uh, patients with rare uh, disorders Mm. Uh, and i'm you know i'm always delighted to get the input of as uh, I say, betteries experts. Uh, if I have a challenging patient, uh, you know, yeah. with betteries who I feel needs uh, additional input.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear. Thanks, John. I think we've talked about so much, and hopefully, it's really, really useful. So, thank you very much. Time for a quick cuppa and a stretch. While you've got the kettle on, I'd like to just mention our new text and donate service that will help us to fund these podcasts. All you'd need to do is text BIRD to 70460 to donate five pounds. This costs five pounds plus a standard rate message. Thanks for your support. So John, we talked a lot about sluriderma. We talked a lot about the medications and treatments and all kinds of things and i just wondered i know that you're really engaged with research and we're talking lab-based research as well and looking at the auto antibodies and things what what's research saying at the moment what's going on give us a flavor of what's happening
1: um so internationally there is i think we're right on the cusp of some major advances in systemic sclerosis so but, you know there's a lot of excitement within the community that we we've already seen significant improvements in patient outcomes and um, and how we manage uh, aspects of systemic sclerosis and we're hoping to see even bigger strides forward in the in the coming years and, and decade uh, here in Bath we, we I have a particular interest in digital blood vessel abnormalities and systemic sclerosis uh, so managing Raynaud's phenomenon, digital ulcers uh, and investigating and understanding those conditions better. We talked earlier about nail fold coloroscopy, and I think what we're seeing at the nail fold is possibly telling us very important things about what's going on inter- internally within the body. So again, linking up the relationship between the abnormal blood vessel size and function and shape in the, in the fingers uh maybe with what's going on internally is an area I think is very important to better understand. And then one of the overarching research interests we have in BAF are around outcome measures. So you can't, you know, develop new treatments unless you actually do have better ways in which you can measure Uh, problems of conditions, whether that's ankylosing spondylitis or psoriatic arthritis or systemic sclerosis. So major research interest of my own is to develop better ways in which we can subjectively measure Raynaud's phenomenon and digital ulcers in terms of patient reported outcomes, but also objectively measure these conditions using cameras such as Um, infrared thermography and laser-derived methods for actually measuring the blood supply to the skin of the fingers and other parts of the body.
0: Mm. Where did the outcome measures come from?
1: Well, we've been working, and I've been leading a scleroderma clinical trials consortium working group to actually devise new outcome measures for measuring Raynaud's phenomenon and digital ulcers and systemic sclerosis. So in the past, we've generally borrowed outcome measures from other disease areas. So, for example, when we measure function in systemic sclerosis, we'll often use a particular questionnaire called the hack di yeah. which actually was devised for people with rheumatoid arthritis, but has actually performed very well in systemic sclerosis. What I'm trying to do is develop really bespoke outcome measures that are grounded entirely in the patient's experience of systemic sclerosis when it comes to features such as Raynaud's phenomenon and digital ulcer disease. Uh, The hope being that the more closely that our questionnaires mirror the patient's experience, the more effectively we'll be able to pick up on little small changes or improvements that have occurred following interventions such as drug treatments. And hopefully that will be Instrumental in devising new treatments that we can uh, use to manage these conditions.
0: Is that just an ongoing work collecting those?
1: Yes. So we've well we've we've recently completed enrolment to a a very large multi centre study to validate a new patient reported outcome instrument for Raynaud's phenomenon. So for that we had to re- recruit nearly four hundred fifty people with systemic sclerosis from UK centres. Uh, in Bath, Manchester, London, and then centres in the US at Pittsburgh, Johns Hopkins, um, Salt Lake City and Michigan. So we've really gone global in terms of our approach to recruit. And the reason for doing so was twofold. One is obviously these are rare conditions. And so we... Mm. Um, You know, we, we, we need to collaborate as a scleroderma community for these conditions. But also, we wanted to make sure that our outcome instrument wasn't just validated or relevant to the patient's experiences of people with systemic sclerosis living around Bath, but also was equally relevant and applicable and valid for people living in other parts of the world where their summers are warmer and their winters are colder, for example. So we're just undertaking the analysis of that work now and hope that that will deliver us a new outcome measure that we can use in future Raynaud's clinical trials.
0: That's good. Are there any trials going on at the moment, given the disruptions that we've all been having over the last year or so? I'm guessing that's going to be a hard a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, so it's been a very challenging year with COVID-19. And in fact, this study I was telling you about in Raynaud's phenomenon, we had hoped to recruit 500 patients. And we just fell slightly short of that before we had to suspend an enrollment to the study, specifically because of COVID-19. Mm thankfully we you know are all encouraged by the successful rollout of the vaccine here in the uk and the, the there is an expectation arising from central government that we're going to see a sustained improvement in the numbers of people affected by this oral virus uh, as 2021 unfolds uh, with you know as the weather improves and also with the success of the vaccine rollout and other factors so the, the hope is that we'll be able to redivert our attention away from COVID-19 studies and and make sure that conditions like systemic sclerosis continue to be investigated and researched mm-hmm. uh, for, for our patients now and, and in the future. Yeah. So there are actually, we're in the process of opening up a clinical trial in Sclerodal Moreno currently, which we hope to recruit to this year. So there will be a number of trials of both interventional trials where we test new treatments but also uh, observational studies where we learn more from from questionnaire-based studies etc as the year goes on and and that's something else that again for for patients of my own who attend BAFTA they they may be familiar with me asking uh, while you're here would you be interested in learning more about a particular study yeah I'll just add here because it's uh, absolutely of paramount importance that no one should ever feel obliged to you know say yes to taking part in a study because mm. you know that doctor's been nice to me or you know i feel like i should i should help or you know that oh, I, you know i'm obliged to do this they should never feel that way so their decision to participate in any form of research should always be based on their understanding of what the study would involve and whether or not that's suitable to, to their yeah. current needs and what have you so Again, that's something to discuss with the team when they come along to the clinic.
0: Absolutely, really important for people to understand that and to feel informed. So, hopefully, later in, maybe later this year, twenty twenty one, we'll see some new trials and new ways of people engaging with research for scleroderma. And I guess in the meantime, the investigations under microscopes and in the lab continues. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much, John. Obviously, we want people to connect with BIRD and to sign up and subscribe to newsletters and things because then when we do hear about these opportunities, we'll be able to put them out there and people will hear them and we share them on our social media. So for anyone listening who's not already subscribed, it's all the links will be in the show notes. So It's really important. Yeah, well,
1: And actually, so some of the studies I was talking about uh, in terms of the – investigating the prevalence of scleroderma in the uk and diagnostic delay that was partly funded by bird and partly funded by SRUK. yeah
0: i just want to say thank you for your time john it's been really interesting talking to you and learning about this and i think there's you know there's a lot of content there for people to listen to and re-listen to and hopefully share with other people that they feel might benefit from understanding it so really do appreciate your time thank you so much
1: Uh, it's been my pleasure talking with you mel and um i hope The people listening have uh, found this helpful and uh, learned a few things that they might not have known before.
0: I absolutely think they will. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again, John. Thank you very much. And once again, I'd just like to share our appreciation and say thank you to John for all of the information that he's given us throughout these podcasts about systemic scleroderma. This podcast is supported by UCB who have had no editorial control on the contents. Thank you, UCB. We would also like to thank Healthwatch Bath and North East Somerset for helping to fund this podcast.